Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have together this morning. I ask that you just come into this place today, lift us up, bless us, bring the Holy Spirit to just fall upon all of us, just dwell with us, and let us understand what God has got for us this morning. Let the ears be open and the eyes to see, Father. We... We thank you for your son that died for us, and we ask that you just bless this service today. Coming and going, watch over us in Jesus' name. Amen. Huh? Okay, well, too late now. Too late now. I got the mouthpiece going. Huh? Is that better? Is that more... I dropped down behind it, and it really aggravates her because then she can't find me. All right. <laughs> Got me either way. Listen, guys, I'm going to tell you something. This weekend has been a wild ride. I'll tell you the story real quick. Friday afternoon, about 12 o'clock, I got a phone call from a lady that said, we want you to do a funeral. I said, okay, no problem. I was thinking, you know, they called me like a week out or something like that. And she said, can you do it? And I said, sure, I'll do it for you. No problem whatsoever. You know, who is it? What's going on with it? And I said, well, what time is it? What, when is the funeral? She said, tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I'm like, <laughs> 1 o'clock tomorrow and it's 2 o'clock today? Now, yesterday morning, I'm going to tell you all this, and only a very few people, very few people got to see this. Okay. I walked in here yesterday morning. I forgot about Annie's class. I had to come to church, pick up some stuff. I had on dress pants, dress shirt, no tattoos showing, no nothing. I walked in the door and they all looked at me like, who are you? <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's a once in 13 years. <laughs> and if you wait another 13, you might see it again. I don't know. But it's been a wild weekend. It's been crazy. The weather's crazy. Everything's going on around here. Like, we don't know what we're doing half the time, and usually we don't. <laughs> I brought him in this world. I will take him out and make another one just like him, and nobody will know the difference. Oh, Lord. I love my son. I love my son. God's kids, God said, keep saying positive things, and it'll happen. So I love my son. <laughs> now, we can joke and we can play, but this morning I want to talk to you all about some, you know, sometimes I get these things where, I'm looking for a word. I'm looking for something to say and something. To, it just, it's all jumbled up in my head. I know what I want to talk about, but it's just all jumbled up. And then all of a sudden, there it is. Well, the fog just lifted. We've been talking and studying a lot at the Bible studies, and I don't know about Diane's, but I know some of the others. We've been studying a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. 
And what is the Holy Spirit in your life? You know, and that, it's kind of a question of what is the Holy Spirit? We talk about it a lot, don't we? We talk about the Holy Spirit drawing us. We talk about the Holy Spirit comforting us. We talk about the Holy Spirit coming in and just falling on us. And, you know, it, it's amazing when you start talking to Christian people, all denominations all across the board. Everybody has a different take on what the Holy Spirit is. And this morning, I just want to talk to you all about the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, I've been filled with the Spirit all my life. No, you haven't. When does the Holy Spirit fill you? The moment you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. That's when it happens, guys. Now, I know there's, we talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we talk about different things, but reality is the minute you accept Christ and truly accept Christ in your heart, the Holy Spirit's there. Because Christ himself does not come off the throne and walk into your heart. Uh, Y'all get scared about that, right? But Christ himself doesn't come. Who comes? The Spirit of Christ comes and fills you. You see, a lot of people don't understand that. It's three heads to God. It's God himself, God the Son, and God the Spirit. It's all God, but it's three different entities of being. We believe in Christ as our Savior. That's what saves us. But what leads us to Christ? Holy Spirit leads you to Christ. No one comes to Christ except that they're drawn by the Spirit. Okay, but the Spirit don't come into us till we accept Christ. That's confusing, isn't it? I'm not saved yet, but yet I'm drawn by the Spirit. Can it be confusing a little bit to you? Let me tell you something, folks. It's simple as falling off a tree. Getting in a tree sometimes is hard, but falling out is easy. Trust me, I know. Been there and done that. It's simple as this. Christ sent the Holy Spirit to the earth to bring us comfort, peace, and to teach us. When we accepted Christ, we were without a spirit. Now, y'all listen to me because this gets kind of deep. We did not have a spirit in us until we accepted Christ. We were born of sin nature, which is flesh and soul. We had a soul and we had flesh, but we had no spirit until we were born again. And when we're born again, then we hit a spirit. I preached on this a couple of weeks now about the spirit coming into us and how it works. Why is it what? Why is it so important that we get this the understanding that without a Holy Spirit in you, you have no Christ in you? Now y'all get that? Without without the Holy Spirit in you, you have no Christ in you. So, why are you afraid of the Holy Spirit? 
Why are we afraid to accept that the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and that there are gifts that come along with that? What do we fight? What do we, why do we fight it? Well, because we are still holding on to that flesh side. We got our hand on the fence. Or we're sitting on the fence. We know there's a God, we know there's a Christ, and we know there's heaven and hell, but yet we still want to hang on this here borderline of, well, I kind of believe it, but if I go all the way over there, I have to change who I am. I have to change about what I think about. I have to change the way I act. Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up, buttercup. Build a bridge and get over it because that's what God is. God has killed the flesh. When you accept Christ, you've got to kill the flesh that you have. And what's it mean by sacrifice the flesh? Crucify your flesh. What's that mean? A lot of people don't get this. You've got to kill it, you've got to bury it, and you've got to turn away from it. Does that mean I can't do some of the things that I used to do? Wait a minute. God said I'm free to do what I want to. i got free will. No, I don't. No, my free will left the minute I went to my knees and invited Christ into my life. My free will went out the window. Because then I become property. And some of you biker guys ain't going to like this. But you become property of Jesus Christ. You are his property. You belong to him. He bought and paid for you. A lot of people don't like that. But again, suck it up, buttercup, because that's the way it is. Now, can I choose not to follow Christ? Can I choose to walk away from Christ? Can I choose to ignore everything the Spirit tells me? Am I capable of doing that? Sure I am. Is it profitable for me to do that? No, because the Bible says it's better for you not to even know me than to know me and walk away. And then the Bible also tells me if I'm not obedient to the Word of God, He'll block me out of the book. Well, how did I get in the book in the first place? Because I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, and they wrote my name in the book. Well, you know, if you turn away from God and you walk away from God, and you don't, and you don't do this, and you don't do, you never really believed in Him in the first place. We all fall down. It depends on what we do when we get back up is where we go. I can slip and fall and ask for forgiveness and repent from it. Oh, there's another word. Repent. What does repent mean? It's not saying, oh, I'm sorry I did that. That's not repenting. Repenting is when you look at what you did and say, oh, boy, God, I messed up and I did that wrong. And I turn back toward the Spirit, and I start going back toward the Spirit, and I start living the way I'm supposed to. I start obeying the Word of God. I start doing what the Bible tells me to do. I start living for what Christ has actually called us into the life to do. And I turn away from my sin. I turn away from my flesh. I turn away from the world. I step into the spiritual side of walking with God. And I understand that if I don't stay in the Spirit of God, if I don't stay with the Holy Spirit anointment, and I don't stay in the Word of God, and I don't pray, and I don't preach, and I don't do the things I'm supposed to do, that I take my my eyes off of God and I sink into the water like Peter did I can sink back into that 
And then when I ask God to forgive me, what's Jesus do? He reaches down and picks me up and sets me back on the boat and says, Oh, ye of little faith. Come on. I'm preaching more than y'all are hearing. I'm telling you, there's a lot to what I'm saying today. There's a lot of stuff about walking in God's grace, God's presence, and the Spirit, and praying in the Spirit. People say, well, how do you pray continuously? Continuously. How do you do that? You wake up in the morning, and the first thing you do when your eyes pop open is say, thank you, God, for the starting of this day. And every step you take, you ask God. Every move you make, you ask God to lead. Everything you do, you ask Him if it's okay. You ask Him where to go, what not to do. Rush. You got to watch it, people. You got you to get in that constant prayer. Is it, oh, dear Heavenly Father God, I ask you to give me a, a shower this morning safely. No. Don't mock Him. When he says, walk in the Spirit all day long, prayer all day long, your life should be a constant prayer from the moment your eyes open to your eyes close at night. And even in your dreams, you need to be praying. Like the old man said, if you think about hitting me, you better wake up and ask for forgiveness. You better sleep with God in your mind. Y'all don't want my sugar drop very often, do you? Let me tell you something, folks. I know that I know that I go into heaven because Jesus Christ died on the cross and I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit from the day I accepted Him till now. No matter what I do, where I go, God goes with me. You want to take God, oh, I don't want to take God into that place. Then don't go. Because if He's in you, you're taking Him with you. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. You don't want to take God into places He don't want to be? Don't take Him there. And I get sick and tired of people saying, we need to put God back in our schools. What you need to do is get your kids in church and get them back in God's life, and they'll take God to church with them. It ain't about the schools taking God out. It's about us taking our kids out of church. Oh, did I preach that? Yes, I did. I'll tell you right now, 99.5% of the problems in the world today is not because God's not there, it's because we're not there. It's time for you as Christian people to wake up and realize that God's will will be done whether we do it or not. God's will is going to be done whether we as the church do it or not. Now how much blessing are we going to get from not doing it? The Word says, be obedient to the Word of God and I will bless you. I will pour blessings out on you that you cannot fathom. Oh, but J.R., you don't understand. Oh, yes, I do understand. Because, see, I'm the preacher, but I'm also wrapped in flesh. I got that flesh thing, too. I can get mad at the drop of a hat. You don't believe it? Ask David. I can become just what I used to be. Just like that, if I choose to do so. Did God take away the beast inside of me? No. He changed it. He covered it up. He turned it off. I'm filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which does not allow me to act the way I used to act. The way I look at life is not the way I looked at it when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. Even 29. I don't look at the world that way anymore. I look at the world today through the eyes of the Holy Spirit that lets me see what He wants me to see. 
My heart needs to be as close to God as I can get it. And how do I get it there? Oh, I want y'all to think about that one for a minute. How do you get your heart that close to God? Come on. It's, it's simple. I just told you everything you need to know. Wake up in the morning and obedient to the Word of God. Bring the Holy Spirit into everything you do. Read the Word of God. Find out what God has for you to do. How are you going to do something if you don't know how? How many of y'all in this room jumped in your car the very, very first time you ever jumped in a car, put the key in the ignition, and put it in gear and drove? I bet that was a scary sight for some of you because I've seen how you drive now. You don't learn to drive a car until somebody teaches you. You don't learn to cook until mom and grandma showed you how. You don't even learn how to build a fire until somebody tells you how to do it. So how in the world are you going to walk in God's presence under God's rules, under God's life, if you don't go somewhere and learn about God's Word? I'm yelling. I'm mad. I'm, frist I'm frustrated. Because i got so many people out there telling me, Oh, I try to live the way God called me to. And I ain't seen you in church in three months. I ain't seen you at a Bible study once. How are you going to learn if you don't go learn it? Oh, yeah, I love what I do on the TV. I love what I'm doing on the radio. But I'm going to tell you all something. One hour a week is not going to get you to the gates of heaven. You're not going to learn enough about God in one week. I started learning about God when I was about five years old. It didn't take effect until I was almost 30. And then when it did take effect, it took me another five years to get to the point where I even understood who God was. It takes time. It takes, ooh, listen to me. It takes obedience to the Word of God. Dedication to the Word of God. Huh? Oh, listen, germination of some seeds take a long time. <laughs> Some of us got planted when we were like five or six years old, and we didn't even receive the, the sprout until we were in our 20s and 30s, our 60s. And then when you start to grow in the plant, the plant looks good. Well, where's the fruit? When does the fruit come? Fruit comes at the maturing of the plant. Oh, I'll fix, preach something else. I'm fixing to preach a different, I'm fixing to preach something else. Y'all ready to hear it? You are not a full-blown Christian until you reach maturity. You start maturing in the Word. You start understanding God's teachings. You start understanding what God has for you to do. And then you start, oh, here's the cool part. When you start doing it, that's when you start seeing these little flowers come upon you. And those little flowers sit there for a while, don't they? And all of a sudden, the flower goes, and a piece of fruit pops up. It's called germination. How long does it take you to germinate in Christ? Every one of you in this room is a different germination period. Every one of you is at a different level. Some of you are at lower levels. Some of you are at the higher levels. But ain't none of us reached maturity yet. I've been doing this for 13 years, guys, and I still learn something new every day about God. God said in his word that the wisest among you are the dumbest to him. 
Compared to him, we're dumb as rocks. We'll never get there. Right? We won't never get to that level. Because every time we every time we learn what we think we learned, God throws something else in there that we didn't know. And he changes what we knew to something else. Oh, traditions and ideology and religion. We can all get into that, can't we? We can all get into that religious stuff, can't we? We're gonna do the we're gonna do the offering every Sunday at the right time. We're gonna do the prayer at the right time. We're gonna do the we're gonna do everything legally at the right times, right? We're gonna traditionally do it, or we're gonna religiously do it. But are we doing it in the right in the right order of God's will? Sometimes God changes things up, don't He? Sometimes he throws us a curveball to see if we're actually paying attention or not. Today, some of y'all come in here thinking, oh, JR's just going to give us another one of those little quick da-da-da-da sermons. Guess what? You shouldn't have come this morning. Because I'm here to tell you something this morning. I'm not traditional. I'm not logistics. I don't believe in doing it the way everybody else does it. I'm going to do it the way the Holy Spirit tells me to do it. And when God comes into my life, I'm going to do it the way he said do it. I sat in there in my office. I was late coming out here trying to figure out what God wanted me to do. I'm sitting there arguing with God. I'm doing that. I'm arguing. God, that ain't what I need to talk about. What's in my heart is not what I need to say. I need to find some scriptures in here to, 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 to dazzle them with. He says, shut up and go do what I told you to. Just go do what I told you to. And if it offends somebody, suck it up, buttercup. And then build a bridge and get over it. And then get on your knees and ask God why it upset you. Because if you got upset about something the preacher preached, it might have been something in your life you needed to look at. A little, a little too close to home, yeah. I like him. <laughs> he kind of follows my train of thought, and that's dangerous. That can get real scary real quick. But guys, I'm going to tell you something about God. God has not changed since the very first day he said, let there be light. God did not change today because of politically incorrect. And I'm going to tell you something else that you really need to get a hold of. God ain't going to change 10 years from now. God's word has been the same ever since it started. God's purpose has always been the same purpose. His purpose is that none of us, none of us should die and go to hell. Oh, reality is some will, some won't. Because some people are just too hard-headed and too stubborn to listen. Some people have got their heart hardened so hard that they can't hear what's being said. And some people just shut the Holy Spirit out. The Bible tells us that, doesn't it? But it also tells us as Christians, go out there and pray for them. Go out there and spread the word of God. And if you go into a town or a village and they refuse you and they reject you, all you got to do is what the Bible says. 
walk out of the city limits, tap your shoes together, wipe the dust off, remove your blessing, and go somewhere where they will receive it. Is that a bad thing? No, it's what God said. Because we're going to come into that place, aren't we? We're going to come into those people that just refuse to listen. There's going to be people that laugh at us and mock us and scorn us. Some of them even try to kill us. Guess what? It's biblical. It's going to happen. And you don't believe this. And a lot of people think, oh, that preacher's talking about that doomsday stuff. Yeah, I am. There's going to come a day when being a Christian is illegal. There's going to come a day when I can't stand in a pulpit in a church like this and preach. It's going to happen. You know why it's going to happen? The Bible said so. So why do I need to write the Word of God in my heart? <coughs> i got to be prepared. It's not whether I can read the Bible or not. Because I'm going to tell you something. For about a thousand years or so, Tony, am I right? A thousand years before they wrote the first Bible after Christ? Well, There was no Bible when the, when the apostles first started preaching. There was no Bibles. There wasn't no, there wasn't no New Testament at all for a long time. But when they preached, they preached from the Word of God. They preached what the Holy Spirit inside of them told them to preach. I ain't telling y'all don't read your Bibles. Don't even, don't even start that mess. I'm not telling you that a Bible is not important to you. Because it is one of the most important things you'll ever read. But I'm telling you this. When you don't have a Bible in your hand, and somebody needs you to give them the Word of God, Open your mouth. Just open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit take over. I'm going to tell you something. Some of the best sermons I preached is days I didn't have nothing. I had nothing on my agenda. I could not figure it out. And I just stepped up here, said the prayer, listened to the music, said a prayer, stepped out and started talking. And the Word of God just poof, And it pooped all over y'all. That's the best way, isn't it? If it comes from God in your heart, it's right. I can change, I can argue the Bible all day long, but I can't argue what God tells me in my heart because that's what He tells me. You can be led by the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all listen to this. Or you can try to lead the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Uh, when you try to lead the Holy Spirit to do what you think the Holy Spirit needs to do, come tell me how it worked out for you. Now, don't come tell me how it worked out for you because I really don't want to hear that sad story. I don't want to hear sadness and hurtness and brokenness. And a whole lot of disappointment when you try to tell the Spirit what you're going to do. Guys, I love you. I love this church. I love God with everything in me. People ask me all the time, why do you do what you do? Because I love God. I love God for what he does for me. And as long as I stay obedient to God, he usually leads me in the right direction. Now, sometimes I let, 
I get that little eyeball cock over at the flesh side and want to kind of do it that way a little bit. And every time I do, Holy Spirit reaches over on that side of my head, just pap! Get yourself back over here where you belong. Sometimes I need it. Sometimes I need the Holy Spirit to grab me by the ankles and drag me around the cross a couple of times. And if you're sitting here today and you ain't had that experience, hang on. Because it's fun. It's fun to be reprimanded by God. It is. It is fun to be reprimanded by him. You know why? Because that means he loves you as much as he does, and he will not allow you to keep doing what you're doing to be stupid. I didn't say that out loud. Did I? Yeah, I did. He will not allow you to continue being stupid because he wants you to be right with him. Oh, but Jr. you know, I did a lot of stuff when I was young, and I just ain't never forgiven. I ain't, my family don't forgive me. People don't forget about that stuff, and they keep bringing it up to me. And they keep telling me that, you know, you'll never be nothing. You'll never be right. You can't do this. You can't do. I got a word for y'all. You ready? Suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. Because when you go looking for me in my past, guess what? I don't live there no more. I live in the presence of God, and I live in the future of the kingdom of God. I don't have a past. I have a future. Y'all getting that? You can live in your past if you want to. Go ahead. Go ahead and live in that past. Go ahead and let them people judge you by what you used to be. Go ahead and let them convince you not to walk with God. But when you do that, don't be shocked when Jesus looks you in the eye and says, Depart from me, for I know you not. Ooh, did Am I preaching that stuff today? Am I preaching some good stuff or not? I'm telling you what you need to hear. You may not want to, but you need to hear it. It's time for people to understand God's ways are so much better than our ways could ever be. But I don't know God's ways. There's no excuse. I'm going to tell you all right now. There's no excuse in Wiley, Texas for nobody to say, I don't know what God's ways are. Because we're here on... Tuesday night with the men. We're here on Wednesday night for open Bible study. We're here on Thursday night for open Bible study. And if you're too lazy to get up and come to church, go to Zoom. Diane Zooms it. And then we have Friday night. Word, the word of the week. We have that class every Friday night. Then Saturday, twice a month, first and third Saturday. The women come in here and they have a class. And then guess what? Sunday morning, Tony gets here at, I, I was going to say what time, but I, I'll clean it up. He gets here before the sun even wakes up <laughs> at 9 o'clock. How do you do that? I can't even function at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I didn't even know 9 o'clock. I didn't know there was two 9 o'clocks in a day until here recently. Shush. If we want anything out of you, we will. Never mind. <laughs> Guys, we can play. We can kid around. We can joke about this stuff all we want to. But reality is, it's heavy stuff. Without God in your life, 
it's almost impossible. Now, I'm going to say it this way. If you don't have God in your life, it's impossible to live in this world. It's impossible to. You're going to be depressed, down and out. You're going to have anxiety, depression, bad dreams, all disappointment. All that stuff that goes in the negative side of life is because you don't have no God in you. If God is in you and you accepted Christ, the Bible tells me that once I accepted Christ, I inherited something that I can't get rid of. It's called joy. When you hit your finger with a hammer, is there any joy in that? Yeah, there is. There's a lot of joy in hitting your finger with a hammer. When it quits hurting, you're happy. <laughs> when the sting goes away, it's, you're happy. And you're glad you get you got an opportunity to do something with a hammer, aren't you? <laughs> That's probably a bad example of... <laughs> There's no such thing as hitting a funny bone. There, there is no funny bone. Every time I hit a bone, it ain't nothing funny about it. At my age, you hit a bone, you start praying. <laughs> when you fall down, you start praying. When you sit down on the floor, you better have an exit plan when you get down there. <laughs> buddy, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough, Mr. Buddy. You don't have to tell everything you know, son. We won't get into that, David. It was funny, though, wasn't it? What? Oh, am I talking too much? Oh. Gavin? Okay. Don't give me those signals. I don't know what all that means. I ain't no Indian. Well, maybe. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to get serious with you for a minute, and I want you to listen to me. If you're in this room, and you don't have the experience of the Holy Spirit at all, you've never felt that, you've never accepted Christ and you don't know what we're talking about. All this sounds silly to you, don't it? It sounds silly when people talk about following something you can't see, feeling something you can't touch, hearing things that you can't see and hear that other people don't hear, but you do. It's called the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God is dealing with you, you need to start listening to it. The Spirit may be telling you, you need Christ in your life. Or the Spirit may be telling you, you need to be more obedient to the Word of God. Or the Spirit may be telling you, stop doing what you've been doing and start doing it this way. The Spirit will talk to you. My question to you, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to hear what the Spirit's saying to you? Oh, but JR, every time I listen to that Holy Spirit thing, I have to do things different than what I've always done it. Go figure. Or maybe you hear the Spirit telling you you need to change something that you don't want to change. And you just refuse to do it. How's that picture turn out? And sometimes we hear God telling us, you're doing good. Continue on. You see, I want God to open the eyes of my heart. I want the Holy Spirit to lift the scales off my eyes.
I want God to replace the things in my heart that are not pride. The things that aren't right. You see, God, in my life, He changed that outlaw from an outlaw to a good person. And then He turned that good person out of drug addiction. He took me out of alcohol addiction. He took me out of that mean streak that I thought I was born with. That's who I am, God. You don't know who I am today. I am a crying, babbling, soft-hearted goosheball that I just get all gushy when things go right. But you know, but you know what? I'll trade that any day for that outlaw that I used to be. Because that outlaw that I used to be was bound for hell. I even have a tattoo on my shoulder. It stays there for a reason. The tattoo is a, a skull and bones with wings, with its mouth soaked shut. And this inscription around it says, born to raise hell. Can I tell you something? I was born to raise hell. I was born to raise hell. Can I tell you something? You were too. Because we were born of flesh, and we were born without a soul, without a spirit. We were born without God. We were separated from God because of the curse of the earth. We were all born to raise hell. But then what are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue that way? Are you going to take the gift that God gave you, his son on the cross? That was the last sacrifice that was ever made. The greatest sacrifice ever made. The sacrifice that took all sacrifices off the table. And there's no, the Bible says that there's no sacrifice that's even anywhere close to as good as that one. So you can't sacrifice something that's better than the Christ sacrifice. So why sacrifice? Christ is the final sacrifice. Now it's up to us to accept him on that cross. You know, he went to the cross with all of our sins. And he died, and the last words that he said is, it is finished. What does that mean? It's done. It's over with. All we got to do now is just live through it. That's all we got to do. And he gave us the avenue to live through it with blessings and joy and peace and comfort. And knowing that when it's all over, we're going to be resurrected right alongside him. My flesh is going to die, folks. My body is going to lay down, and y'all going to bury it, burn it, whatever we do with it. I ain't sure yet. But whatever we do with that body, my soul and my spirit are going to heaven. The moment I take my last breath on this earth, I take my next breath in heaven. How do I know? Because I know that I know. I believe that God is right. I believe that God told the truth. And I believe that when I take my last breath, my next breath is in heaven. And y'all are going to be so jealous. Because I got there before y'all did. The family yesterday at the funeral, there was a lot of crying, a lot of bitterness, a lot of hurt. But the reality to it was, he was in a better place than they were. And yes, our stinginess will try to hold on to people. Oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Our stinginess will try to help us 
make us want to hold on to people that really need to go on to heaven. And we mourn for those people. And God said mourning is okay. You'll mourn for the night, but in the day comes joy. You know why he said that? Because in the darkness, there's no hope. But in the daylight, when the light comes, it radiates joy. If you're in the dark today, you don't know Jesus, you're within the sound of my voice. Anywhere around this world, I don't care where you're at, or what day it is you're watching this, or hearing it. If you're in the darkness right now, there is light. And the light comes from that Holy Spirit that's pulling on you saying there's something better for you. You need to change some things. You need to come to Christ. And if you'll be obedient and follow that Holy Spirit to Christ today, your life will change. You will have the opportunity to change your life. And I would love to hear from you if you've had that life-changing experience today. If you're in this room and you know that you need Jesus more than you've ever needed him, right now is the time to admit it. Right now is the time when you say, Pastor, I've been a sinner all my life. I haven't lived for God the way I'm supposed to. Or, Pastor, I need God's forgiveness for all the things I've done. And you ask Jesus into your life. The moment you ask him into your life, you'll feel something happen inside of you. And that something that happens inside of you is when the Holy Spirit comes from the outside and he just right inside of you. And you get all fuzzy feeling and you get all whoo and sweaty and you get crazy acting kind of. You just got filled with the Holy Spirit when God came into your life. And you stop looking at the world through sinful eyes and you start looking at it through the spiritual eyes of God. If you need that today, let's get it done. And if you've been saved for a long time, oh, you said that prayer when you was four, five, six, seven, eight years old and you've been living your life upside down for the last 20 years, let me tell you something. You need Jesus in your life. You need to ask him into your life. I believe for so bring him into your life in that place. A flower Turn yourself around right now. I believe that Give your life to God and let's get on with our, let's get on with what we got to do. A candle That's any, that offers to anybody. I, I need you to bow your heads. I need you to close your eyes. I need you to think and listen to the inner, inner voices that you're listening to. Determine whether it's God's voice or somebody else's telling you what to do. If you hear that voice telling you you need to come to God, that's God's voice. If you hear that voice that says get up and run, that's probably the devil. Or it could just be you. Think about it for a minute. What do you need? Where do you need to be today? Dear Heavenly Father God, I can't see their hearts. I don't know their true feelings. I know the Word of God tells me a lot. It tells me that we need to accept you as our Lord and Savior.
It tells me that we are fruits of Christ. And that we are children of the Father which created all things. I ask that you just come into our lives right now. Burn us with desire to serve you better. Let us be better people. Let us do the right things. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 3 of John. The book of John. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, Most assuredly I say to you, and when one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that's my scripture for the day. I forgot to read it when I first started. So I'm going to read it now. Jesus answered it. Nicodemus, when he talked to Nicodemus, he said, surely you have to be born again. Nicodemus turned around and said, how can I be born? How can I go back into my mother's womb? It's not a womb thing. It's a spiritual thing. So there's my scriptures for the day, y'all. Okay, so nobody gets mad at me that I didn't read that because I got carried away again. But my scripture today was John 3. So if y'all want to go home and read John 3, I suggest you do so. If you've never read John 3, you probably need to. But Jesus said, simple words, right? If you don't accept me, you ain't coming to see my daddy. There you go. I like this brother. He, he's all right. You can come back anytime you want to, bro. I love that. We'd love that. Now, I can't promise you every Sunday's going to be as good as this one. Because <laughs> some days I actually get kind of stale. Right, guys? <laughs> I'm soft-spoken. I don't get excited. And I don't. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.